0: welcome 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 to the just Joe podcast we are the big two zero this week and man i am so excited for this episode i've been searching as i talk about after this intro to the intro i've been looking for someone to talk about conspiracy theories and ufos and aliens and paranormal um and i found the guy i found this guy and i believe this is going to be the first of many episodes with him i really would love the feedback from this uh because i really want to pinpoint some of these uh episodes going forward but let's just get into this man ladies and gentlemen why? Welcome from Agent Paranormal, my buddy, Pete Lund. Welcome to the Just Joe Podcast. This is episode 20, man. We are, we're no longer teenagers, Cody. No longer teenagers, we're episode 20. And I've been waiting to find a guest to talk about this kind of stuff. We've talked mostly about music because that's what my background is. We talk about my nutrition and my fitness and, and some other stuff like that. But I've been searching around for something in this vein. And my good buddy, Anthony Donaldson, known as Z from Utica, says, I got a guy for you. I just had him on. He's an old buddy. So welcome, Pete Leonard from Agent Paranormal. What's up, my friend?
1: Not much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I feel at a disadvantage already. I'm not legal. It's not 21, yeah? No, 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 no. You're talking we're, about we're nutrition. The, I'm the exact opposite we're, of that. We're in That's
0: the a... really gray area. But I've been wanting to talk about, I'm I'm a big I believe in the paranormal. I'm big into like conspiracy theories, but I'm not like, you know, tinfoil hat hat thing. But I mean, I have a history degree and I had a couple of professors in college that were like, this is what you're going to have to teach, but here's a bunch of alternate readings because in between all of this stuff you're going to read is the truth. We don't know how, you're just going to have to tell them how to decipher it from there. So that's where really I piqued my interest in and all that stuff. And I just have always been peeked into it. So how did, how did you get into the paranormal? How did you get into this whole other side? So give me, give me that background. Okay. That's what I want first. But
1: before we begin, so Columbus didn't
0: discover America. <laughs> well you want conspiracy. <laughs> Bingo, no. exactly. Let's start with the most, yeah, the biggest one of them all,
1: right? Well, when I was seven years old, that's when I had my first paranormal experience. A revolutionary war soldier walked through my bedroom now where we lived in Rome was about a couple hundred feet to 300 feet away from Fort Stanwix okay yeah so that's pretty relevant to what was going on absolutely everybody in this business we we lecture all over the country about the paranormal and stuff and everyone's like oh I would kill to grow up in a haunted house no you really don't <laughs> want to trust me because growing up I would watch shadow figures move around for hours I mean I would literally sit on the floor and watch shadow movement, like just things moving in directions. Something was always behind you. Did, you were never alone.
0: Did did everyone in your family see that, or did you, did you just see that? Because some people are more open to see things like that, and some aren't.
1: See, growing up in the late 70s and 80s, the parents always said, don't talk about this stuff, you're going to end up in Marcy. I mean, I ended up <laughs> right, there for right. a different reason, but no, no. Yeah, you're on <laughs> well, the other side of the street, like, don't right? Don't talk about that stuff. Don't talk about that stuff. And then it was actually 2001, right after September 11th. It was Christmas. We were talking about all all types of stuff. And then all of a sudden, our parents started talking about and grandparents started talking about what they'd seen in the house. And I'm like, well, what the hell? For 20 years, you told me nothing was going on. (laughs) They're like, be be thankful you didn't see this guy or the guy with no teeth or the bald-headed thing or the stops there would, would go up the stairs. And I'm like, okay, so maybe they were protecting me. That was their way. I I can imagine,
0: I mean, with you being where that close to Fort Stanwyck, I mean, a lot of, there's so much energy there because of what had happened in that area, what that place meant over the years. So like places like that, and you know, uh, some places it's just are more prone to have that type of energy because of the, the trauma and the, the, the intense reality of what happened there at certain times.
1: Well, see, that, that's a weird location. I actually worked for the fort one year running their bookshop, and there were quite a few occurrences that happened while I was there. If you're part of the National Park Service, you can't talk about it, but I was actually for the con- working for the contractor, so I guess I can talk about nice. it. The, the same thing. You would hear things walking down the hallways. Doors would just wisp open, and massive bursts of cold air would come rushing in. Well, it's the middle of August. I mean, there's no cold air in the middle of no. Rome, New York. I mean, No. A lot of things like that. But if you look at the history of it, there was the fort. Mm-hmm. Then we built a city on it. It was the downtown area of Rome, New York. So that had its own 200-year span of history. And then we tore it down and rebuilt the fort. So I guess if you're a revolutionary soldier, you're like, well, what the hell are you doing? I preferred the 200 bars that were here to, right, right. <laughs> to rebuilding the uh, the fort. But there was a lot of history compacted into that one one central area
0: you think about what rome rome is outside of stanwick but that's like that's where the erie canal started like one one plate one guys went one way and the guys went the other way so i mean there's a lot of is a energy going on in rome
1: is a rome historian and author of a few books on rome mm. people really underestimate it i mean being in your business the only way people know about rome is you're out of state. You're like, well, did you ever hear of Woodstock 99? Right, okay, exactly. I know where that right. is, but, but Rome was actually one of the uh, one of the 10th largest cities in, uh, in America. It was 95 square miles at one point. When you I'm added in the me. base, there was another 10 square miles to that. I mean, I that's mean, a very large distance. And people will argue with you. It's like, yes, but if you take a ride from the Lee Center area to just before Sylvan Beach, that's still the city of Rome. That's a 40-minute drive. That's not... Wow, something that, is. that you can know. I didn't realize I mean, that's all the well, city you know of Rome. I
0: think about that coming and driving in because, like I said, my, my brother was stationed at Griffiths uh, as a, a security policeman from 83 until the base, base closed in the mid-90s. So he was there for a long time, and we lived in something square, so we, we would just shoot down 49 to go visit him all the time, or I'd go down and visit him as I got older. And I remember seeing those signs for the city of Rome being out pretty far. I guess mm-hmm. I didn't think of it that way until just now
1: when you start equating that on a map, yeah. that's a large distance.
0: Plus, you know, you had, you know, the Revere wear and, and.
1: Oh but, yes. Everybody has Revere wear. Yeah. Check grandma's closet.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot going on. So that's what, that's what piqued your interest. Yeah. And, and it didn't uh, make you run away from it. It kind of just like, okay, what's this all about?
1: Yeah. So then I started a group with my cousin, Roman investigators of the paranormal. Yeah. And over the years we've, We've evolved into the agent paranormal thing now and because we're more uh, entertainment-oriented. Yeah. We use this to help raise money for historic locations or historic society, so on, whoever. I mean, we've raised tens of thousands of dollars That's over awesome. the past decade. We've never taken a penny of it, so all that money goes right back in there. And we've done hundreds of house cases, private residences. Again, we've never charged for that. To me, that's where the action is. I I'll actually be surprised what people live with <laughs> versus like moving on yeah. or doing something We've about talked it.
0: about it like right around the Halloween time, you know, right around the end of October on the morning show, we end up having a lot of people like share your stories, share your stories. And we've gotten some stories from some people, like even thinking about some of the stories that some of the people got, I get goosebumps on my arms, you know, because at least now it's more an accepted thing. People talk about it a little bit more. You know, it's obviously very much in the media. It's very much part of our entertainment now, and people are seeking it, you know? Yes. Whether they believe it or they just want to kind of, they're curious about it, you know?
1: Those of us doing it, that's a double-edged sword. Yeah. When they were really popular about eight years ago, the TV shows, everybody had a haunted house. Now, everybody would call you in because they wanted their house on TV and right. we were the, the mechanism for that. <laughs> we we helped a few people get on that that route. But that's not people that really need help. The people who come to you, you know when they need help because they, they have a look about them, and they carry themselves in a way that you know something's for real. Yeah. Like over the past two years, most of the calls we've been getting are people trying to break their leases. That, that's the new scheme with the paranormal. Oh well, this ghost group came in and said the house is haunted, so I'm I don't want to live here anymore.
0: Is that written in people's
1: leases? Is that a way to legally get out of it? People have tried. We don't fall into that trap because we don't uh, label anything haunted. What we do is we'll go in. Basically, we observe and report. We'll do the investigation, film it, record it, show you what we find. Right. You make your well, own. So, in in the past few years, we, that, I could
0: ask you a bunch of questions like as to what. But like, what is your most, you know, I'm going to swear because we can do this on the podcast. What's the most fucked up one that you've seen recently in the past few years? Like one that just made you go, holy shit.
1: There's a place, oh God, maybe two hours from here, Cuba, New York, called yep. the Hensdale house. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of the
0: house. No, I house. haven't, but I know where Cuba is. Yeah.
1: So it's basically for those listening, it's in the middle of nowhere. Turn left, go 10 more miles and you're still lost in the middle <laughs> right. of nowhere even having done this for so many years and grown up with this kind of activity, that's not a house I would ever go back into it. It's one of the, we call it the paranormal frat house jokingly because a lot of people use that as like a party location. Right. Let's go there and investigate. That was one of the first places I actually seen what they call an elemental. What's that? Those are your nature bound spirits. Again, for those listening, you're thinking to yourself. Sorry, I'm this. getting goosebumps right now. I don't even know what that really means, you're like, but it's freaking me out already. You're like, this crap can't be real. And even myself, it's like, come on, you read about these things. or it's like, So basically what it was, I was with, uh, with my friend Rich. Yeah, We were outside. They have a little pond next to the house. And he's doing a recording session. And all of a sudden, I see like a little human being about this big. Maybe about eight, nine inches, solid black. You could see like muscle features, the face feature. Walked out of the brush, walked right across the footpath, and walked right into the other side of the bush, and I'm just sitting there. <laughs> and at the same time as he's running his equipment, right. the word imp came over. So imp is a little yeah. demonic nature bound creature, and I'm like Dude. I'm like, was that there wasn't a squirrel? I'm like, that was like a little human being just walked right from there into the bushes. <laughs> so that being a what? history person you can you can understand where i'm going with this yeah, so they absolutely. give you a history of the building when you get there they're historian mm-hmm. but it doesn't match known history like one of the stories they told me was uh alexander hamilton led the continental army against twenty thousand indians there and murdered all of them it's like I- i've never learned that in any history book i'm pretty sure that would have been in a history book I'm pretty think- sure Alexander Hamilton wasn't around for the Continental Army. Yeah, either, but. yeah, yeah. But so it's there's saw, that saw, type it's of history. Of so, yeah. People create things around. But the known history of the house, whatever happened with the previous owner, they called in the, the Buffalo Diocese to do two Catholic exorcisms on the house. And both of the exorcisms failed.
0: Yeah, obviously.
1: <laughs> so again, we're doing a recording session. We use a piece of equipment called a spirit box. So it's an AM-FM radio that's been converted to scan nonstop through the stations. Mm-hmm. The theory is they can use that to Communicate. speak to yeah. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, my first and last name has come over that. It's called people out in the rooms. I mean, there, there is some some type of two-way communication at times. So again, my friend Rich is running his, his equipment, and he's like, how many exorcisms do you know about that here? And right off the box. In a very deep, stern voice, two. They did two exorcisms on the house. He actually got sick after that. He was sick for about a week because he asked a question you shouldn't ask. That's why we tell people never taunt anyone. And through some grounding and stuff, he got himself a little bit better, but just the vibe of that house, the energy. Like I said, the, I've seen the little, the little did guy walk. Could you feel, did, could like, you feel yeah. that before
0: you even saw any of stuff like that? Because when it you're walking into right, different places, yeah. you know. I mean, I know. Even people that aren't in touch with that, you can walk into a place and just know, like, dude, something is not right. And if it's not, then there's a reason why.
1: That's what we call clairsentience. We tell people your best ghost hunting tool is your body. Yeah. So you have seven chakras. Each chakra responds to different levels of energy. For me, usually I get it in the lower back. And like that instance when we had got there, I could feel, I mean, like my entire body was just, get out of here. There's something not right, right. about it. And it wasn't even in the house. That was just getting out outside in the, the little driveway thing either. I mean, they, they host several events. If you want to get the crap scared <laughs> out of you and go experience nah, it, I, I recommend I kinda, it to I do, everybody. I, I mean, it's... Uh,
0: I, so an elemental... I'm really curious about this are these people these aren't entities that were like you know humans at one time or you know and even an animal these are like something that are like inherent to the to the earth I take it is that what it
1: sounds like so one of my other aspects that i do i'm yeah I'm in the process of becoming a metaphysical minister so I can tell you the background on that. So there's three different types of energy. There's the creator energy, which people would call God or the supreme intelligence of the universe or whatever you consider. Yeah. The music, the music, harmony, whatever keeps everything in order. Then there's two secondary energies. One is the created beings, which are negative and created being positive. So your demons and angels are created beings. Then anything organic, human and alien, would be the other energy. Humans and aliens can't be demons or angels. Angels and demons can't be human, and nobody can be the creator energy. Right. So that's where that comes from. So your elementals fall into that category of either demonic or angelic or whatever wow. term you want to lump them into. They're, they're just something separate from us. They, they live in a different vibration.
0: Is it a different dimension or is there just a different plane? A little Good bit. question. Yeah, because I mean, I've always equated that like, you know, your soul passes on. I mean, I'm not particularly religious. I call myself more spiritual. I guess that's the easiest way to describe it because I still have yet to figure it out. But I know that like we're energy. We're no different than like, you know, like a light bulb. You turn a light bulb off. I mean, that, that thing's still radiating energy. It's got to go somewhere. So when we die, our energy's got to go somewhere. So on that level, I'm like, we live, and some people get stuck instead of passing through. That's what the best I've been explaining is like they chose to hang on to this life instead of getting on to the other, or for something is hindering them from getting to the next plane, or they live in both. Is that a good explanation? Like what I it's, I feel, you know.
1: From the metaphysical standpoint yes. you have always been are and always will be you have never not been and will never not be if that confuses you no it doesn't so, confuse me at all it's what we call the truth. the truth is the truth is the truth it, it's never going to change that's basically religions or political parties, and I won't go down that no road. we went out the story <laughs> I'm good with it the story behind it is what they call the truth, and the truth is the same throughout where energy and energy never basically gets destroyed i mean it just moves into different levels right if you want it from the standpoint of how we investigate as of late i've been asking questions so we're we're running these spirit boxes and we're doing spirit communication sessions i'll actually ask them like what dimension are you talking to me from more often than not they're answering five so they're coming from the fifth dimension what does that mean to us yeah I don't know. We're in the third. We're fourth. in the third. I, I mean, maybe a little bit of the fourth, but. Fifth. But they're coming from sick, uh, fifth. A few times we've had six come from. What song times, did so. this fifth
0: dimension sing? Was that Aquarius? Yes, it's dawn. That was the fifth dimension.
1: <laughs> See, there it is. There's the answer. <laughs> There's the answer. Love That's is amazing, the amazing,
0: man. Because, I mean, I had, I don't think I ever had a paranormal experience growing up. I always just, I have this always gut feeling and, and I had really weird dreams. I think this is my, now that I've gotten older, I'm I'm one of those people, I remember my dream. I remember dreams when I was like five and six years old, vividly. And I always used to have these dreams and I had a reoccurring dream. It wasn't the same dream, but it was, I had an entity that used to like haunt me in my dreams. And I need, I'd be in the middle of my dream, like, um, you know having fun with a friend or something like that or like I can remember a couple of them like playing and all of a sudden I would hear this like nin, 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 weird sound and this apparition or something would come to get me it would kind of look like a mummy on wheels now anytime this thing would grab me it would grab me and then push me into the ground and I would wake up feeling like I just got pushed back into my body now as a kid I didn't understand that I just always felt like when I was dreaming, I was up here. But as I've gotten older, I was having out of body experiences as a kid. And it took me years later to figure out that's what was going on. And that wasn't a, a, a bad person. That was either my guardian angel or my spirit, the person kind of watching over me, making sure that I dude, you get back into this plane. So those were my first, I guess, as I realized that as I got older. And second of all, I went to Baltimore, or just outside of Baltimore, my senior in high school with my best friend. And his aunt had Thanksgiving. And she lived in a house that was haunted by soldiers because there were some battlegrounds in that, in that area. And his family was very in touch with that. But all of them still, to this day, read tarot cards, have worked with Connecticut State Police solving crimes for decades. And the first day we got there, Aunt comes in. She's like, yeah, there's there's something in the basement. There's a soldier in the basement. We're like, oh, God, aunt Bonnie and stuff like that. And she goes, yeah, he's he's all right, but, you know, if you hear anything while you guys are sleeping down there, it's all right, you know. She equated it as that she felt like Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost. So that weekend, I had those moments where it was like, I just felt a cool breeze go across my arm. One time in the middle of the night, I tried to get up, and I felt the breeze come up my back, and I kind of, Cut me in my bed and i'm like all right i guess i'm just gonna stay in bed and go back to sleep and those are probably those two things made me kind of a believer like yeah there's something else
1: so you could be what we call an involuntary astral traveler nice i've actually been doing a lot of research on that because i'm afflicted almost with the same type of thing i have these at least two or three times a week where i'm i'll just say it as weird as it sounds in the spirit world like I have a lot of what we call visitation dreams. Both of my parents have passed away. But it's always funny, they're never together in that realm. Like my mom and her mother and my uncle, they're always together. My dad's always by himself. Right. Like they never always appear together like you would think a family would right. appear. And one of the most profound that I remember and this is how you know they're a visitation dream because you remember every aspect of it, you remember every detail. I'm, you, you can, every single one and you never forget them. And there are dreams I've one. remembered for what I dreamt about last night. I don't know. I think it was but something have, about have, some have, kind of my father money.
0: passed. Uh, it'll be what? 2006, it'll be 14 years. And I have dreams of him. And when I do, they're as vivid as vivid can be. And I'm a little screwed up for like a day or two. It takes me a day or two to kind of like sort myself back together because that wasn't a dream. That was something else.
1: So you make it easier to explain to people because it happened to you. Yeah. Mine always occur where you do get slammed back in your body. I know exactly where yeah. you're talking, or you jump up and you can't breathe. You're like, Yes. Like, like you're I would scream for my mother. Breathe. My mom
0: would come running in. She's like, What is wrong? And I'm like, I called him Nen Nen because that's the noise he made. And being a little kid, that was the best way to describe it. And it used to terrify me, but I, she said she would hear me screaming and gasping for air every time. So that, like, as I got older, I'm like, yeah, I was out of my body. I was out.
1: It's fun.
0: But it's fun. Now, I, I wish I could go back and have the brain that I have now and have mm-hmm. that. I don't think I'd be as, as, as terrified, you know, as I was, because it was just.
1: Mine are always, because now that, now that it happens, I try to pay more attention. Like, right. as soon as I wake up, I start writing things yeah. down, because that's the other curse. You start forgetting things. And yeah. It's like, mine are always triggered by water looking in the mirror, elevators, escalators, trains, any type of movement, movement will trigger me back into. Like the most profound one I've ever had. My grandparents, my father's parents died in 64 and 66 respectively. I was born in 75. So there's no way I ever, ever right. in any way met them. One of these visitation dreams to get out of a car, he's standing there in front of their house in New Jersey he was originally from New Jersey, yeah. And he's like, I want you to meet Grandma and Grandpa Leonard, and they come walking out of the house. And I've only seen pictures of them. I never. So Grandpa Leonard came over, and he said, "My boy, how are you?" And as soon as he touched me, boom! I like that. That I couldn't yeah. breathe. It was, and then I, go, like, oh my God, that was Grandma and Grandpa Leonard. Yeah. Like, did I really just meet meet them? Was <laughs> that? It could be mental illness, and, too. And, I don't know. Well, I, I think that's what I say, man. I'm like, I could sure be just, people are saying I could yeah. just be fucking crazy, too.
0: But as, as those dreams progressed as a kid, I kind of learned how to lucid dream before I even knew what that was because I was like, I need to find a, an escape out. And to this day, I can recognize that I'm dreaming and I can get myself out of it and wake myself up. And I got to that place. But then as a kid, I was still learning how to do that. And I used to get stuck. I felt like I was stuck in between being up top me, like where I was and in, in this like really like purgatory and it wasn't scary. It was kind of comforting to be there and they call it sleep paralysis now. Um, but I used to be kind of stuck in there. I remember one time I was playing with these bubbles and I was in there and I didn't want to wake up. My mom had to shake me because she kind of could see me awake and then she finally, that kind of pulled me back in, you know?
1: Have you ever had the full version of, Sleep paralysis, that's fun. Where you're that, actually up and you can't move and you think you're dead and you're like, no. You can move your eyes, but nothing else is. It's like, oh my God, this is it. I had that one time. But. Nope, I didn't have that,
0: but it was. Yeah, you don't close. want that, no, one no, no, that one. That sounds but, terrifying. But.
1: If you can, if you can, when you're traveling, if you get the winning lottery numbers, let me know. I mean, I, right. I've that's, been trying for 20 years.
0: <laughs> but yeah, and it, it's. But like I said, do you think some people are more apt to being able to, to see those things and other people are just closed off or they're just, is it, you think it's a mind thing? Do you think it's a genetic thing or is it just being open to those things that would get you there?
1: I don't know how insulting you want me to get no, go this, ahead. But say, say whatever, man. What I, what I teach people when I do the metaphysical lecture, basically you never had a chance. No, none of us ever had a chance when we were born. And what I mean by that is you're born into a cast. You're pretty much born that you're going to go to school for 13 years. Maybe you're going to go for four years of college. Maybe you're going to get married. You're going to work for 40 years and you're going to die. And that's your outline of life. I mean, maybe you go to Disneyland everywhere, not to be depressive to people, but that's not the mission. That's not why we're here. There's something greater why you're here. Yeah. But that was instilled into you by your parents. Sorry out there. Yep. And their grandparents did it to them and them, and people are doing it to their kids. So there's, re- And that's why you see, like, now there's a big decline in religion. Like, when I was growing up, that was the beginning of the, the end of yeah, I agree. Catholicism, I'm basically, saying, I'm, you know, I'm only a year. Yeah, I'm, a year just, I'm a
0: year older than you, but that was and, my, and my, now, gener- my parents' generation. Just My parents just kind of got away from it. They're like, we're really not going to be in that, and you're cool if you don't want to be in it either.
1: So that's the awakening that they talk about. Everybody starting to awaken, saying, "You know what? There is something more than this. I'm I'm not made to be sitting in an office for six hours, eight hours. There's other things I should be doing." Right. And that's that to me is the uh, the basis of the paranormal. It's like people are trying to figure out what they should be doing. So they go back to something you said previously. They maybe they're stuck here. Maybe they didn't finish something. Unfortunately. Yeah. Their time has passed with that. Whatever it was they came here to do, right. they can't do it. I mean, so they're are, on the next you, are level. Are you a so believer I mean, in,
0: like in, in reincarnation? you think our energies are re- put back into another form at some point?
1: Years ago, I would say no. Me being the jerk that I am, I don't want to <laughs> be anybody else ever again. But hey. but yes, I, I. the more you read into it, the more you can see you do reincarnate into something. Or you choose a different, or you choose a different the, mission, right. basically. Because
0: they, when my father passed. You know that was probably the most traumatic thing that happened to our family. I have a very small family, and um, and it kind of screwed us all up for a while. Obviously, any death of a parent does. But my brother and sister-in-law and two nieces went to one of the like psychic fairs at the at the New York State Fairgrounds. And they went in very skeptical. They just went in there and they walked by some woman and a woman just kind of looking at them and they looked back at her and they're like, the woman described, they're like, there's someone next to you. They're like, okay, yeah. And she described my father like to a T to the point she's like, did he smoke? She goes, I can smell smoke. He's like, yeah, he's always smoking a cigarette. So then they sat down and they're like, all right this isn't a kook, this isn't, you know, cause it's tough to tell who's, you know, really got a talent and who doesn't, you know? And they end up having this conversation and my father, it, she was um, a medium. So she had that thing and they sat down and they ended up doing a reading at a separate time. And he talked about how he was, you know, in this one spot, but he was basically graduating to another plane. And that's what, that's where he was headed. You know, his time was here, he wanted to make sure everything was taken care of and then they were you know, whoever he was talking about was putting him into the next realm,
1: you know. They say when you incarnate onto Earth, Earth is like a college. This is like, because it's an ever-evolving series of problems. And yeah. Jesus, just in our life, look in the past 10 years of how, <laughs> how I don't want to swear, how crazy the world has gone right. just in 10 years. And it's like, it's an ever revolving thing. So they say, one of the things you sign a contract before you incarnate back here. And one of the and that contract is that it's called a veil of forgetfulness. You don't remember what it is your energy knows. Right. So it's basically, like
0: the men in black they go they hit that button and you, there you go, you zipped.
1: Pretty much this is your avatar and they say that your actual energy is somewhere watching, guiding you through. Your Mission or whatever it is you Somebody's can't. Somebody's on a from. joystick again. Most of this stuff, you know, you have to take with a grain of salt. Absolutely. It's like, well, who tells you this, or how do you know that? I don't, but it kind of makes sense, yeah, because there's always certain points in life things happen, or doors open, doors close. You want things uh, basically what you attract, you receive. I mean, it, it sounds weird, but no, I'm, I'm a uh, many times that. I've seen doors open, door closed, door open, door closed, and it's guiding you in the path. That right. you're like, like the, the paranormal. Why am I here? I mean twenty years ago I was on the verge of Marcy, now I'm like a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean well, I mean so how long is okay,
0: cool. right. Well how long's ancient paranormal been around? Let's get back to like what you what you're doing.
1: We've been lecturing under Agent Paranormal now for about eight years. Yeah. A weird thing about New York, you have to call this stuff entertainment because fortune telling is illegal in New York State. I didn't <laughs> So it's one of those things.
0: We talk about these weird laws. Like this morning, we're, why does daylight savings time start at 2 a.m.? We looked it up and it was because on that day, that's when there's no trains leaving New York City. All right. So that was why. So it's like, okay, it's these goofy little laws. Is there, is, are there states that allow fortune telling? I guess. I, I mean, I guess of New York <laughs>
1: It's so bizarre, man. It, it's like if you read tarot, if you're a psychic, yeah. you have to bill yourself under New York state tax law as an entertainer. You can't fortune. And, and again, what happened 200 years ago that they is had to ta- make a law? Is and, it taxable? Yes.
0: Okay, there you go. That's why. <laughs> they got to find a way to get their money out of it. You know.
1: We don't charge for different reasons because what service are we actually providing? Right. Yeah. I, I'm telling you that there's something in your closet. <laughs> Right. Plus you get yourself in the to other problems. Once you start charging, <laughs> if people feel you're not providing what you're paying for
0: I could imagine that's a that's a dark, murky road. So for you and there take, are people
1: who charge. So Yeah, and
0: change. when you do when you do charge that and when you the money that you do raise, putting that back into the historical things, that's that's good juju, I think. That's just that's good karma.
1: You know, oh, if history you're history guy here. Right, too. exactly.
0: So you don't wanna you don't wanna like upset the balance of things because if you do then i think that'll come back to you two three fourfold you know so
1: so like when we're lecturing on the college campus it's all out entertainment i mean i'll just call it what it is there's there's really no seriousness we we try to be professional but you're dealing with 18 to 20 year olds that's (laughs) right it is what it is forgive
0: me so (laughs) let's let's switch gears a little bit because this is one thing i definitely want to bring up is um uh, UFOs, aliens, oh. you know, so that's a whole, th- that that's classified under the paranormal, yeah? No? Yes. 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 So, and specifically Griffiths Air Force Base. When we talked about this right before we got going, this is part of the reason why I want to bring you here is that uh, uh, the activity of aliens are in and around any military installation over the years.
1: So after we talk about it, I have a pen you have to look at. That's fine, we
0: can do that. But um, especially ones that house nuclear weapons. Aliens seem to have, from what I've read, a very vast interest in our weapons, especially nuclear. And I've read some things that, you know, I read a book called Behold the Pale Horse. I'm sure you've are you, are you, heard of it. Yeah. And it's basically talk about all the different conspiracies and talks about that the aliens and humans made a pact in the 40s. That's how our wire technology has gone so much uh, our government is no longer running itself it's being run by a you know new world order blah 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 we go on and on about this book but it talked about that they were really pissed off that we detonated nuclear weapons on the planet because that doesn't just screw up like the planet it's you're disturbing the entire universe you're fucking things up. And they they were very interested in that. And that's why a lot of these military bases have that. So Griffiths had a huge amount of nukes. The B 52s were, a, you know, big carriers of all that stuff, cruise missiles and everything else. So, what, give me your take on what, give me your history on what the aliens, I guess the short version or, okay. And Griffiths Air Force Base is they're like a, hey, this is kind of what we know. That? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to find the right question, but...
1: Well, Griffiths predated before that was known as the Rome Army Airfield. They started constructing it in 1941. Once they bombed Pearl Harbor, they put that in the full swing. It was completed by February 1942. The base... that fast. The base was... Its primary function was repairing aircraft and storing stuff. Little known fact out there, actually, the base was manned by the Women's Army Air Corps, which they called WACS at the time. Yep. And then there was a group of all African Americans out of Syracuse called the 100th Aviation Division. So those were the two that actually manned the base. Again, they they fixed aircraft. They are flying aircraft in from all over. You bring up a very important comment there about the nuclear weaponry. Yeah. For those out there who aren't familiar with this type of thing, this is what led to... Us being watched. When they detonated the first bomb out in the desert mm. and then dropped two more over Japan a couple yeah. days later, that flash of light was a beacon that went out into the universe and lit us up all over the map. And that's now a, they're like, what is that? That's because exa- that's a civilization that knows something.
0: That's exactly what this book said. They said, as soon as we detonated that, it was like a beacon. And everybody was like, okay. And that, because, I mean, you can talk about alien stuff, but they like, really like things got really intense after that.
1: And that that's where you start seeing around 1946, 47. You have all these big UFO sightings that start coming up. So let's clarify UFO and aliens. UFO is an unidentified right. flying object, True. it's not synonymous with alien life. Form. No. We can, that was a good TV show. Right. The up, stealth that,
0: bomber and the stealth fighter are both UFOs at one point until yes. they were out. Yeah, they're.
1: Just like paranormal is not synonymous with ghosts. Paranormal is anything out of the ordinary. Anything out of the ordinary. So I'm paranormal by definition. (laughs)
0: Cody and I are as well.
1: So after the war, the base went into communications. The first satellite communication was bounced from Griffiths, or bounced off of, I can't think of where it was, the Bermuda off of the Echo One satellite, and it was received in Floyd, New York, the test site for Rome Lab. A lot of top-secret things were going on even back then. They developed something called SAGE, Semi-Automated Ground Environment. That's with all of your modern JOTs are using for GPS tracking. That all originated out of Rome Lab. So aircraft went from only being able to fly during the day to being able to fly 24 hours a day. Yeah, Rome was always under Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. Mm-hmm if you don't know about the history of Wright-Patterson, they have the hangar there where secret things are kept. They're believed to be the one behind all the black technology, just like Area 51. And I think the new area now is S4. Yeah, it's, it's the new top It's secret. in Nevada.
0: Because, I mean, we basically, the government owns 90% of Nevada. And my brother spent some time, because he, once Griffiths closed, close, he went to Davis Monmouth mm-hmm. in, in Tucson and did spend some time at Area 51. Uh. But his conversations with me about it is that uh, the stuff that was at Area 51 was taken out of there a long time ago, and there's nothing really going on there, and they moved ev- everything up in Nevada, in the mountains, and very, very, very remote, very, very guarded.
1: Being in the business, I got a big kick out of the movement that wanted a storm Area 51. Yeah, later. so did I. I'm like, oh God, please, is going to be hilarious. It's like, you idiots, you do realize Bill Clinton declassified all that in 1995, yeah, right? Yeah. There's been nothing of Area 51 since 95. No. but a, They can't stop all of us. I'm like, yeah, yeah they
0: can. Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they can, man. They do. I mean, it's more of a, a, a it's, it, it's a tourist site yeah. at this point. But some heavy duty shit went down there. You know, we all know that.
1: Yes. So back to your Griffiths.
0: Yeah, back to Griffiths. I'm sorry. No, go ahead
1: the Air Force Academy was looking for a place to build. Griffiths was one of the potential sites. It was right up almost to the end. They thought, well, okay, we are gonna have, we have West Point downstate. We can have the Air Force Academy Oh, I didn't realize it was going to be that close. Then through politics, it ended, ended up, up in, in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Yeah. Werner von Braun, the German space rocket engineer there, was seen in the base off and on throughout the mid-'50s now. This was run on one of the other radio stations a few months ago, and people were like, I worked at the lab 45 years. I never seen Werner Von Braun. 7,000 people worked on the base. If you weren't on his project, I'll guarantee you, you probably weren't going to see him. Probably a good handful, a
0: couple dozen people, maybe.
1: So he was the one who started NASA. So that was another thing. NASA was actually looking at its headquarters up north at Griffith. So those were two big, big missions we lost. Actually, when President Trump announced Space Force a couple months ago, I'm like, oh, God, please go to Griffiths. <laughs> this, <laughs> this might be the big one. I could finally join Space Force. So I could be but. in the Space Force. So then they brought in the fighter missions. They brought in the B-52s in 1959. Yep. They were part of the uh, the Chrome Dome and Cinderella projects, so they always had a squadron in the air with nuclear weapons ready to deliver the package mm-hmm. anywhere around the world. Yep. And that went on until '92. When they pretty much took that off of SAC and yep. got rid of SAC, but so now a lot of weird stories start coming out from the 50s. Actually, I got ahead of myself. Let me get back to so the big famous crash is Roswell, right? Roswell Army Airfield, RAAF. There was the Rome Army Airfield, RAAF. One of the things someone had told me a long time ago was that the crash was actually moved to Rome where it was studied under the the guise of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. A B-52, or B-17 had crashed earlier in the year, and that was the wreckage they sent out to Roswell. So they swapped, and they were doing all kinds of testing for Wright-Patterson. So that would be your first intervention of aliens at Griffiths. I wrote a book called Images of America, Griffiths Air Force Base, and a lot of people would come to me just, just with general stories, but then there'd be the few that are are you talking about the UFOs? I can't put that stuff in there. It's a history book. Right, right. I'm like, but no, what do you know? Right. And they, they said that they worked very carefully with, I won't say who the agency is, They're Like, but our technology is always 75 years ahead of where we're at currently. And that there were secret tunnels running from the base somewhere in Rochester where they were using air cars. To move technology back and forth From this to this company of things that were developed. <laughs> Cody, we got to find these tunnels. Uh, another one told me there's a 14-story facility. It's a joint CIA, you know, Central Intelligence yeah. Agency, slash alien air force yeah. base underground beneath Griffith. Yeah, well, so naturally and, behold, and,
0: and that book that I talked about, <laughs> they talk about, Camp David in that area up in West Virginia being, that's where the world is run from. There's a very a huge underground city built there in Cheyenne Mountain, out in Wyoming. There's a few places where all this stuff is underground, very deep underground.
1: But see, me being the smartass, I'm like, yeah. come on, I'm from Rome, right. we're all Italian. I'm like, telegraph, telephone, telling Italian. It. How do right. we not know about it? Ah, come on, forget about They're it. They're like, well, they brought people in from California and when they were done building it, they burn home. I'm like well, huh, guess they make sense then. This was a fourteen-story, and then you look at the other thing. It's like well, if you've ever been in Walmart at Rome past eleven o'clock on a Thursday night, it's like there's some very strange-looking, not putting people down, but there's some very odd-looking people. people with yeah. weird gates and weird. It, it's just it, it, get, not not jumping too But
0: do you think that's why Rome Labs still exists to this day? Why they just yes. never completely closed that base down is there's a reason why there's still a military presence. have to very ask. Very much.
1: There's certain parts you still cannot get nope. on.
0: Nope. I, fr- I have a friend who's been in the Air Force since we got out of high school. Uh, he graduated a year ahead of me in 91. He's been in the Air Force since then. So it's, you know, he's talking 30 years and he's still there. And I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, yeah, there's a big part of the base that's very, very secure and very secretive and there's stuff still going on, you know? But, you know, he didn't allude to like this stuff but he's definitely you know there's some very heavy duty stuff going on
1: there stuff. people look at rome and they think well you know we're pretty much one step above deliverance and it's just like well they, they have the a wall and the thing yeah, and bocce ball just,
0: tournaments and you know meatballs
1: yeah my grandfather started the world series of bocce i love that place but, uh, He's one of the five founders but uh there was another gentleman what was the He's like, yeah, hey, he's like, 1976, he's like, we scrambled the the F-106s, he's like, we shot one of them down, he's like, we gave a piece of it to the colonel, it sat on his desk for years, it glowed green, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not healthy, if that was glowing green, <laughs> like, what did you shoot down? Right. And, and it was like a, a high-up sergeant, too, like a chief master sergeant. It's a rank that you'd have to respect because it's a, a career officer. Absolutely. And like, why would he say that? I mean, is he doing it to get a, a rise out of me? or? Right. So Westmoreland, New York, 1954. There's the Walesville incident. Not sure if you're familiar with no, that. No, I'm one. not. There were several calls started coming in about shiny things in the sky. A Mohawk Airlines airliner radioed in that they were watching an unidentified flying object in the vicinity of Griffiths. So two of the Griffiths fighter planes that were training near Niagara Falls, they scrambled them back. They tried to intercept the thing. When they got in close proximity of the silver disks that they were seeing, the aircraft cockpits burst in the flames. They ejected out. Unfortunately, one hit a car, a station wagon. It killed like a family of four. Another plane veered off into a house and and killed a few people there. There's a little hamlet. They called it Walesville, but it's right on the... The Westmoreland four-corner stop thing. I'm sure was, if you've been in that area, you've just drove, in that area. you have right I by I just it. drove
0: to to New Hartford, and I get off at Westmoreland and go th- go through that sand. So
1: do you know where the river is? Yes. And there's a rock with the flagpole? Yeah. That's where that all went down. Was that just, was <laughs> the house they burned was where the flag I was. Just was the, there. That's the Walesville incident. I always have, yeah. So they came out and said it was a weather balloon.
0: Right, as they always would.
1: I mean, to... To be the actual paranormal investigator, not that I believe everything I hear or see. The planes they were flying was the F-94C, which was the worst, the worst jet plane in the entire Air Force. Yeah. Every one of them crashed or was destroyed. So, they so. Had, they had, so the plane yeah. itself was just not a good plane. But more interesting to that was after that happened, later at night, there were over three or 400 phone calls to the local sheriffs. They were seeing different sets of lights over the Utica area, shiny, metallic things moving
0: See, and you're going back to a time there was no social network. There was no, you know, no phones, no photography per se. You had to be a super high level photographer to be able to get any kind of photos at night or anything. So when people saw that stuff, man, the phones just lit up. So if something's lighting up the phones and it's before you're inundated with the technology and everything that we have now, something, something
1: was up, something was definitely up. It's like now a, a law enforcement person contacted our group. They're like, uh, there's a lot of people in Clayville that are missing time. So if you know anything about yeah. UFOs, that's an abduction. So yeah. Why are you missing time? It's like, it's more than one person. You might want to like start asking. around." So that's, that's modern times. Again, you have Hancock right over here yep. at the airport, UFOs. Um, The Happy Valley incident on Anida Lake,
0: all that stuff. Did I just bring that up this morning, my friend? I was bringing up Happy Valley earlier this morning because we were talking about haunted different places, and I'm like, we're talking, I think we got talking, how we got to Happy Valley was like certain stretches of road that you drive that are super boring, you know, that you Mm -hmm. just have a hard time. And like I always say, I have a hard time anytime I've ever driven from Albany to like Herkimer. That stretch of 90 bores me, but also in that in that sense, I have, there's always been a weird, I get a weird gut feeling driving up and down that road. I always have. And it's not just boredom. That happens in the middle of the day. And I don't know what goes on in that area. And I know that there's certain places that are more energy focused or there's, you know, pinpoints on the earth that have, you know.
1: And there have been uh, underwater UFOs that have been spotted coming out of the lake. So that that's another group of stories.
0: Um, well, remember last year when we had that big, like, there was that boom it was right around the around the fair and no one really had an explanation they're like oh it was a uh, blah blah blah
1: so right now like even us we we've been getting calls over the past year you know their lights are in the air i'm sure you know now hancock has converted over to the drones the drones yep. have a very specific light light sensor yes. or light signature they're not small no they're very big so people are like, well, what's this weird object? It's a drone. They're very oddly shaped, and they—that's probably find, what do you you're find seeing. you find it harder now
0: because people are more, like, open than this, or their minds are more open, which is a great thing? But at the same time, like, now you got to decipher through a bunch of bullshit to find out who's actually like, you know, instead of seeking attention, like people that are giving you credible stuff, whether it be paranormal or you know, you know, UFOs or anything like that.
1: Again, I'm not the guy everything happens to. Right. But I did have the one experience. We used to have a a paranormal radio show, blog show on about three or four years ago. And uh, so I was bringing a couple guys back to Rome, drop them off at their house. And as I'm coming home, there's an incredibly large object just floating above Route 49. It's not moving. So the closer I'm getting, the bigger and bigger it's getting. All right, that's weird. It's not a star. You can clearly see. So I get up to uh, the exit there for Whitesboro. I pull off in the uh, DPW lot, and there it is, maybe 100, 200 feet up. There's a gigantic triangle-shaped thing floating right there. It made no sound. It's exactly like every other report you ever right. hear it's just there it's hovering had three lights three green lights and a red one in the middle all of a sudden the light array changed colors and it was gone yeah. there was no sound there was no it was just gone so i'm like of course the one day i don't have any equipment with me so i live right around the corner i go out there i grab some it's equipment like they know. It's like, he doesn't have anything
0: with him. let's get it
1: i go driving so i go i start heading back to rome towards griffiths And all of a sudden, I see three of them come up off of the Barge Canal area. Two smaller ones and a big one. And all of a sudden, one's over there, one's over there, this one's And I'm like, all right, what the hell's going on? Get on base. Just just high enough where you could see the entire city. You get up on the the arterial of Rome where you're above everything, and it's like you could see a little bit, and then they just disappeared. I don't think they're alien in any way. No, I'm guessing NASA for years has been working on something called the TR3B, which is an anti-gravity triangular shaped aircraft. That may be it.
0: Yeah, I mean that I've may always, be science I, I, fiction. I, right. I don't, I've often told people, I'm like, listen, it's not always. That. If you're seeing something, you might be seeing something that we're, we've developed ourselves. You know, we've reverse technology things that we found in the 40s or 50s or whatever decade it might have been. We started trying to back, you know, back, figure out how to do this. You know, the Germans were huge in that. And after World War II, you know, we got rid of the real bad Germans and the other Germans, the real smart ones we kept. Yeah. We kept them hidden or we gave them sanctuary. We, they came and worked for us, you know. So there's a re- there was a reason because they had, they had their finger on something we didn't have or they had access to technology we didn't have.
1: Well, one of your conspiracy theories from World War II is that Hitler was waiting for some type of alien he made a deal with. They were going to save him before the end.
0: Yeah. There was the, so, that book. That, that there's that, there's uh, Yeah, there's all kinds of. I mean, you and I could go down a wormhole, um, but I can, I'm going to have to have you back, man. Because I wanted time, come, my pleasure. I, right. I, I really wanted to, like, I've been, like I said, I've been looking for someone that's like really good, you know, and like, you know, credible, and this is what you do. And um, to open this up because this is something I want to hit on during this podcast from time to time because it's something that interests me and I know my listeners would really love to do it. So like now that we've opened this thing, now maybe next time we can like micro focus on different stuff. And once I start getting feedback, you know, what people sure. want to hear. So... You guys are out there. You can check out. I'm going to have links to all this stuff in the okay. in, in the social medias and stuff like that, and in the, in the description of the podcast. And it's the easiest way to find you, Agent Paranormal. You can put yeah. Agent Paranormal in a Google search, and you guys are the first thing to come up. Okay. Correct. I did Should that be. today. And Your website is up there, so you can read that, and then it leads you to all your socials and everything else. Facebook
1: so. is usually the easiest yeah. way. That-
0: you know, that's where everyone does. But once you get there, then you can kind of figure out what's going on, man, and, and give you a shout out. I really appreciate you coming on, man. No problem. Thank
1: you for you having know, me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and for accommodating the schedules. Mine got crazy today. So for you to come down and talk all this stuff, I'm like, I cannot wait for everyone to, you know, I we're going to get off. some stuff.
1: Cheesecake factories just up the yes, road. It is, right? Yes, it is, my friend. yay. <laughs> That could be half the sightings they said. It could be late. it could be could be a lot
0: of sugar. So thank you for being on and we'll have you back real soon ladies and gentlemen Pete Lennon. My album pick of the week, I was sitting here thinking of what it could be, but what would the music be in the background of that episode that we just listened to? Gotta be Tool, right? So I'm picking Tool's debut EP, Opiate. That was the first record I ever heard from them to this day. It's my favorite album from them. It's not an album, it's an EP. It it combines some live tracks with some studio tracks. Check it out. Tool's
1: Opiate.